I just love, I love being all together, all the different language fellowships here worshiping in one place. Super excited to have Bridges Crew with us as well. Welcome Bridges Crew. Um, if you are new with us, um, we are just so grateful that you, you chose to come and hang out with us. You are welcome here. I hope you stay around and eat food and jump on the jumpy or whatever you're into afterwards because uh, we love that, that you're here with us celebrating Easter. For us at Bridges, Easter is a big deal. This is such an important celebration of what Jesus has done in our life. And that's why we're here. That's why we're doing all these baptisms. That's why we're, we're partying and throwing stupid streamers all over the place. Because we got something to celebrate. And as we're talking about it, what I'd love to do is point us back to the story of the very first Easter to remind us of why we are here. So let me, let me read you this story. It's out of Luke chapter 24. So Luke chapter 24, and this is right after um, Jesus has been crucified. There's this small group of women who are, are scared and they're mourning. And this is what happens. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found that the stone, the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And they were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you when he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful people and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb and they told these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So this is the first Easter story. This is where it takes place. And I don't know if you noticed it, but it takes place in, in a graveyard, in a tomb area with a bunch of tombs. And um, I'm going to let you know a little bit of background information about me. So I grew up in a little church, right? Kind of picture, you know, like those Thomas Kincaid, those little white steeple churches. Um, but it wasn't like that. It was like brown and the paint was sort of flaking off of it. Like it was, it wasn't super pretty. And then it didn't really have the nice, beautiful landscape around it. Actually, there was a massive freeway that they put in right behind it. And then uh, they put an on-ramp in front of it. So it like sat in this kind of an island, if you will, in the middle of freeways. And then tucked in between the church and the freeway was this super old cemetery. Okay, like I grew up in Oregon and this cemetery was so old. Have any of you guys ever played the game uh, Oregon Trail? Okay, if you beat the game, you got buried here. That's just how, <laughs> that's how this thing worked out, okay? And so like there's nobody who came and like nobody was still putting flowers on the tombstone. Like their great, great grandchildren were probably in California by that point in time, okay? And um, so my brother and I, we used to spend a ton of time at the church. My parents, they were always volunteering in the church, doing different things, and they believed in like free-range parenting before that was a hashtag, right? So we were just free to run around, and our favorite place to hang out was this graveyard, okay? I know it's kind of weird, but that's just 
where we lived. And so we would just spend our evenings and our afternoons, we would be playing in the graveyard and we'd be playing hide and seek and tag. And some of our favorite games was to just look at these old tombstones and try to find like the oldest person or the youngest person. And And so I spent a lot of time staring at tombstones in my formative years, okay? So again, might explain a lot. Um, But, you know, I just, I remember looking, and even now as I reflect back, it's, a tombstone is kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Right? Like there's a date somebody was born, and then there's the date somebody dies, and there's just that little dash in between, right? And these were old tombstones, so people... Like, even the memories of these people had long since gone. We didn't know who any of these people were. And all we had to kind of go on is sometimes there'd be like a little saying, right? Loving father, Um, you know, in the army, uh, rest in peace. Just some slight saying that sort of gave context to who that person was, what their dash was. And I just think about that because I think in some ways the tomb, the grave, stone sort of helps us like think about the whole human experience, right? Is the point of our human experience, is it to to live and die and to have a dash in the middle of our life that has some meaning, right? There's something that we're just trying to cram as much meaning and purpose and hope and and memory into that, that little dash. And I think for these women, this small group of women, Mary and Joanna and, and the other women that were there, they were going to the gravesite. They were going to the tomb of Jesus to try to put some meaning in the dash that was Jesus. Meaning in those 33 years that he lived on this earth to try to understand kind of the purpose and the point. So, so keep that in mind. And I want us to go on a little bit of a journey to kind of think back of what it must have been like. So these women had been grieving since Friday. It was now Sunday morning. And I would imagine that the grief was just heavy on their chest. Have you ever had just such sorrow that it just felt like a pressure on your chest? Like it almost feels hard to breathe. I got to imagine that was what was these women were feeling. And they were waiting for the sun to rise just enough so that they could slip out of the place that they were sort of hiding out in and get to the grave. And as they're leaving, they're walking out through the city of Jerusalem. And it, it was probably still quiet in the morning. You know how cities are before people sort of wake up. And they're walking past these familiar corners, corners that they've probably been past millions of times before. And as they're walking past, I'm sure the memories of hatred and anger and yelling and riots that had happened on Friday night, I'm sure each of those corners triggered memories for them. And they leave and they go outside of town, out to a hilly part right just near the town. It's probably a place they'd been before. They'd probably been at other funerals here. They'd probably gone to other burials. They'd prepared other bodies. And as the sun is sort of rising, there's these caves carved into the side of the hill. And in these caves, they're they're sort of blocked by these stones that have been washed white. And you can just picture the, the sun reflecting off of these white stones. And so they come into this graveyard. Again, they're, they're coming to remember, to look back, to reflect, to try to give some meaning and purpose and dignity to the life of Jesus. Hopefully do something to kind of make his life have meaning. And they're, they're walking and they look up and they see the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And it, it just looks a little bit out of place. 
Like they know something's wrong with this, with the stone that was there. They were there when it got sealed up. They were there when Jesus was put in it and they rolled this big stone and now it's missing. And I'm sure in their mind, they're thinking, what happened? Did, did somebody get in there and mess with the body? Was there wild animals? This is, this is bad. And, and they rush up. And I got to imagine that Martha, one of Jesus's best friends, I imagine she was one of the first ones to just dive into this cave just to see what was going in. And she sticks her head in there and she's probably expecting to see, I don't know what she was expecting to see, but what she saw was nothing. She saw an empty tomb. And she comes back out of this tomb and she's, she's thinking and all the ladies are there with them. And all of a sudden they see these two figures. And I, I think kind of the, there's no human language that can fully describe what they see. It says that they were just, dazzling, right? That they were these bedazzled creatures, these, these people that were standing there in front of them and they just glowed. There was like this, this aura about them. And these two individuals, they don't start with a lecture. They don't kind of say, hey, what are you doing here? Why are you thinking this? Da, 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 da. They just ask this simple question. They say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why do you think that Jesus would be contained in this graveyard? I think actually kind of in ways what these two angels or these two messengers were saying is you've come to this place to try to give value and meaning to the life of Jesus. Maybe you think the worth of Jesus was just in the things he taught and the things he said and the memory that will live on in your memory. But don't you realize he's alive? Don't you realize there's something more to life? than this. We've been in this series called Less is More. And over the last six weeks as Bridges, we've been looking at how do we do less of ourselves, how to less of our selfishness, less of our self-defensiveness, less of me, so I can experience more of Jesus. And we are at that place of the more. This is the exciting point in the story. This is the more that we've been preparing ourselves to see. And these two angels, they, they look at these, these women and they say this powerful phrase. They say, he's not here. He is risen. Trip on that for a second. For 2,000 years, Christians have been celebrating Easter because of this one simple line. He is not here. He has risen. And I think in many ways, what this angel said actually captures, it summarizes all that we believe to be true as Christians. That we believe that the, the finality of life is not just in the year at the end of your life. That there is life beyond this life. That there is eternal life. And something powerful happened that day 2,000 years ago. I mean, think again about just human experience. Life is defined by death, isn't it? In this world that we live in, there's death and decay. And that's just sort of the cycle of life. And Jesus came, lived a perfect life. Died on the cross. Took on the sins of the world. Took on the sins of our brokenness, of our shame, of our guilt, of our failures. And he took those on the cross. But if that was the end of Jesus' life, I don't think we would still be here celebrating today. Maybe we would still be remembering his life. Maybe he would be this historic figure that taught us great lessons of how to be better people and how to be more kind and compassionate. Maybe even the work that Jesus did on the cross maybe would somehow forgive us for some of our sins and we could maybe have a less guilty relationship before God. But at the end of our life... At the end of our life, that would be it, right? We would all have a tombstone that would have a dash and an end. And the most we could expect out of life 
is just to have some meaning between those two years. But those angels said, he's not here. There's something more to this story. That Jesus has rose from the dead. And, and scripture teaches us that, that not only did he rise from the dead. That, that he is going to come back and all who believe in him. All who have a relationship with him. He is going to call them up. He is going to raise them from the dead too. So our hope in Easter is not just that one person 2,000 years ago rose from the dead. It's that all of us who believe in him. The end of our story is not the year at the end of our tombstone. The end of our story is eternity with God. In perfect relationship with him. In perfect relationship with each other. As part of the beauty of being part of this church is why we celebrate a mosaic culture because we realize that what we are trying to practice in a small way that is broken and not fully formed, what we're trying to do here is someday in all eternity, we're going to be face to face in true perfect unity with each other and with our God. This is the more that we are here to celebrate. So I want to encourage you, if you are here today and, and maybe you're somebody who... Um, Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you've thought this, but you've disconnected, right? You've been doing life and life is busy and you've been doing your thing. And maybe this is a reminder that there is more to life than just what you can accomplish, more to life than just what you can do, than how much money is in your bank, how many degrees you have, how good of a job you have. Maybe there is more to life and that is an eternity with our Savior. And if, if that is what God is saying to you today, I want to encourage you to trust Him as your Savior, to experience the more today. And for all of us here who would say, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've had the experience that those people in the baptism just represented. I have died to my sin and I've raised to a new life. I want to encourage all of us to embrace the more today to experience the fullness of what Jesus did on the cross. And so part of this celebration, the part of the reason we have streamers and we're going to have food and we're going to have jumpy houses and we are partying is because we have something worth celebrating. So I want to encourage us all, let us celebrate well, but celebrate with the memory that we worship a Jesus. We worship God who is not there, but he is raised from the dead. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Amen is right. So I want to pray a prayer over us as a church. We're going to keep celebrating and we're going to actually get to see kind of a glimpse into how God has worked in each of the lives of the people who has gotten baptized. So let me pray over us and, and, and we're going to keep this celebration going. So God, we praise you that you are worth celebrating, that you are the resurrection and the life and that our finality is not the grave, but our finality is in finiteness with you, that we will be with you forever. God, help us live this moment in the recognition of what you've done to, to fully embrace the more for our life. God, we trust you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bridges Community Church Sermon Podcast. Bridges Community Church is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in Fremont, California. To know more about Bridges Community Church, please go to our website at bridgescc.org.